Hey Life Canton, Roger here, Director of Student and Young Adult Ministries, and I'm so glad that you are with us, whether you're a returning listener or a brand new one. If you are brand new, make sure to follow, like, subscribe, all those kinds of things so that you can get our messages and other things that we put out. Uh, if you're a returning listener, uh, I would in- remind you and encourage you to give, to give to support the mission of the church and what God is up to, and uh, you're going to hear a little bit about uh, what God is up to and also other ways that you can partner uh, today as we listen to our last message on the Code Series from Pastor Nathan. So go ahead and give that a listen, and I'll catch up with you in just a minute. everyone. My name is Nathan. I'm one of the pastors here. How are you doing this morning? Yeah, I sense a lot of energy in the room and online. I wanted to welcome you as well. We're finishing up our code series, one that we do every year to remind ourselves of who we are and what God is calling us to do. And whether you've been here for the whole series, whether you've been here since the beginning, 17 years ago, or you're coming for the very first time or checking us out online for the very first time, this is a perfect message for you to hear about our heart and what we believe God has called us to do. If you've never filled out a connect card, I encourage you to do that. It's one of the ways that you can connect with us as well as a way that you can take your next steps. Today is all about taking our next steps, but not just in this church, but towards Jesus as Jesus is reclaiming us and as we are reclaiming our identity in him. So there's a QR code that will pop up in a little bit uh, at some point, and it is a way for you to connect with us. It's a way that you can go online and fill that out through our church center app. It's a great way for you to take your next step. And if you're new, come say hi to me afterwards or go to the Welcome Center because we have a free gift for you. So what's a code? A code series. Well, a code is something that helps us understand who we are. It's, it's a declaration. A code is a declaration that gives meaning to who we have been. It's based on who we were as a church from the very beginning. I wasn't always the lead pastor. There was a, a song that was given to the church to sing, and it's based on that. Our code also gives purpose to who we are now. It gives purpose to what we do now as a church. Our, the things that we do, the different courses and classes and ministries, they're driven by the code, and that helps us become something. See, a code doesn't just give purpose to who we are now, but it drives us to who we are becoming. There's a 10-year vision for this church, a vision even beyond that that God has called us to, and these codes help us move in that direction. They're based in the word of God, and they help us become disciples, and they move this church forward. It positions us to be part of what God is doing. You see, often when we talk about vision, it's like what we're going to do as a church to see some things happening. The difference between that and this is that God is already doing something, and he invites us to be part of that movement and that journey. The code helps us do that, to participate 
and a salvation for the whole world that was prophesied thousands and thousands of years ago. Every year we go through the code and we take a little bit of a different spin on it. This year we've been going through the uh, Isaiah 55, the whole chapter, verse by verse, and showing that even in the Old Testament, in this vision, this prophetic vision that was given hundreds of years before Jesus, and Jesus being thousands of years ago, that this vision, 2,500 years ago, speaks to us today, and it reveals God's heart to us. The image in Isaiah 55, you can turn to it, we'll get there in just a moment, is one of a busy market, a street that's just, I want you to imagine it, full of people, and there's voices calling out to you to buy this, to buy that, but there's one voice, one voice that rises above the rest of a water vendor, a suffering servant, who gives away what he has for free and who holds the very keys to life. But there are other voices, voices that call out to you to find identity and safety and purpose in other things. They are not the water of life. They are poor substitutes. They might feel or sound like politics calling out to promise to fix all the issues of our day and make us feel safe if we just get the right person in office. It's the social media voice that feeds and draws our attention. It makes us feel seen and like we belong through likes and shares. It's the sports and the shows that offer to fill our need and desire to experience wonder. It's the money that offers power and purpose and safety if you just had more. These are the voices that surround you every day that call out to you. Will you listen to the one voice crying above the rest that offers true life, true water, not salt water, that brings death and destruction? Life Canton's vision for each one of you is that you listen to that voice, and that water vendor is Jesus. And Jesus offers us new life. And in him, we find our being. And so our vision for you is that you reclaim your identity in Jesus. I want you to know Jesus. And I want you to know who God made you to be so much that this church has made it the core of who we are. We want you to reclaim what was stolen from you, what the other vendors are calling out to you to take on these other identities. I want you to reclaim that. And so I want to dive back into Isaiah 55.1. And I want you to imagine that you are one of the people in this street and you're trying to listen for the right voice. The first voice we interacted with or the first person that the voice is calling out to is those who are thirsty. Those who feel they have nothing or very little to give and they don't have any way to fill their void. You may come today feeling very, very thirsty. (laughs) Like, man, I need some Jesus today. And the voice speaks to you first in Isaiah 55, 1. It says this, come all who are thirsty. Anyone thirsty here today? Come to the waters. And here's the best part. And you who have no money, nothing to offer, come buy and eat. Come buy, not just water, but wine and milk without money and without cost. He called out to us, those who have nothing. This corresponds so well with our code, you belong. You belong. 
that because God wants you to be with him, that you belong with God, you belong with us as a church, you belong, even if you have nothing to give. Even if you say, hey, if I walk into that building, it's going to catch on fire, or I'm going to catch on fire because I don't belong in that place. That couldn't be less true. See, the water vendor called out first to those who had nothing to give and said, come and drink. But he wasn't done there. He went and spoke to those who were foolish, the ones who bought into the politics, the social media, the attention, and the money, who listened to the other vendors. And he says to them, listen, why are you buying things that don't fill you up? And that's most of us, to be honest, even if we know Jesus. Most of us have bought into it. How could we not? We are inundated every moment of every day with these voices. But he says, no, no, no. Give ear and come to me. Listen, that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you and my faithful love promised to David. You see, the truth about this is is God wants to not just save you, but know you. Faithful love. There's an intimacy to this encounter that we have, this encounter that we have with Jesus. And so every day, as the voices are drowning you out, when you come in here, we hope that the voice that you hear is one of Jesus and that you come into his presence. And that's why our second code is encounter Jesus. Encounter Jesus. You're not here to follow a religion. You're here to know your Savior, and he desires to speak to you. Do you know that you are here for a reason, whether you're online or in this room? It's no joke why you're here, that it's not a coincidence, that you are here because Jesus has something for you today. Every time I write these messages, there are things that I need to do, logistics that need to happen, but I think of this first. Jesus, what, what do you want to meet people? Where do you want to meet people, and how can I position people to experience you? The voice then cries out to those who have wandered from the faith, those who have pierced themselves with the love of money and other things. He calls out to the ones that he calls wicked, those who have turned from God. And often many of us are in this place, though know the water of life, choose to drink from the poison of this world to find who we are and safety and purpose. And he says this in Isaiah 55, 6 and 7. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. He is near, but there is a timestamp, an end to this world as it is, and he will make things new. He said, let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on them and to our God, for he will freely pardon. And that's the message for all of us, is that God... He wants to pardon us of our sins, of the things we've done to hurt people. There's a debt that we could never pay, but he wants to pay it for us, and he did it through Jesus. He wants to freely pardon us. It compels us to this never-ending process. Because we've experienced this grace in our lives, as we experience this pardon, does that not make you happy? Does that not make you joyful? Anyone in here been forgiven of something that you didn't think you could be forgiven of? A few of you, great. Anyone here realize the grace that you've been given, that though you messed up, you still can know a righteous God? Anyone feel that way? All right. It's from this place where we belong to encounter Jesus, to experience this joy that we are compelled to relentlessly pursue one more to experience what we have experienced, one more person 
The relentless pursuit of one more is our next code. The relentless pursuit of one more, never stopping, always going after one more person, birth of this desire, birth of this experience of joy and peace. It allows people who feel this to do incredible things. Sometimes they look huge and sometimes they look small. A couple of weeks ago, we had a record amount of elementary kids show up way more than we were planning on, which is great. And the reason why that is, is because there are people who are coming for the very first time who two weeks later are like, hey, you come with me. I like this church or this is crazy. Let's go figure this out. And so kids are coming as well. We had like 30 kids in a room and it was too much to handle. It was great. But we didn't have the people to watch them much less like care for them and and help them and help them encounter Jesus as well. But a bunch of people showed up. They saw the need that morning and they showed up and they said, we're here, can we help? And they showed it. Do you know who those people were? Students. Yeah, that should be exciting. Our students are getting what we don't. Like, that's fantastic. Like, they are showing up and they are willing to do whatever it takes, wherever it took them. And we do that in huge ways, and we do that in small ways. Speaking of our life kids, our life kids is not a daycare. It's not a place that people go for, like, to, to be over there so we can experience this. No, there is something that God is doing in their hearts that will bear fruit for decades to come. And they are the church. They're part of what we're doing. And so I want you to know, just as a side note, that our director of Life Kids, Jaden, wants to invite you uh, as parents, as parents to have your voices heard, to have your voices heard and how we can partner as a church and as parents to see what God can do in our people, to have a vision for it. And so that's going to happen on Sunday, November 6th at 6.30 p.m. I want you to go speak to Jaden or, or Franz, who will be over there as well at the kids' desk, and you can get a flyer for it and respond. But parents, we want to hear your voice. We want to hear what God has to say with you as we relentlessly pursue one more, and we do whatever it takes, wherever it takes us. Whatever it takes, wherever it takes us is gritty. It's one of my favorite ways to live into this. You know, I said to someone, is it sacrifice if it doesn't really cost you anything? The answer is no. That's a rhetorical question. But God has called us to sacrifice just like Jesus did. And when we do that, we're participating in this work of love on the cross that transcends time and race and language. Why wouldn't you want to be part of that? Now, we get distracted by the other voices, but they keep calling out to us. If we get this, if you get to the place where you can reclaim your identity to the point where you'll do whatever it takes, wherever it takes you, as you move along that journey, you get to live into the second half of our vision. Our second half of our vision is to bear the torch of Christ's justice and love. You can become a torchbearer of the greatest light in the world. It allows us to go into the community and change the community. As we are growing, we go. We bear the torch of Christ's justice and love. And this is when it gets so much fun. It is so fun to experience this. Isaiah 55, 11, as it goes through this chapter, says this. Eventually, it'll get up there. So is my word that goes, there it is. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire. Listen to that. Will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Man, do you want to be part of the work of love that God is doing? See, God is going to do it. And when we join in, we get to be part of it. Do you know you were made to be part of it? 
that you were designed to be part of it, that you will not find fulfillment or purpose outside of it. You will chase your whole life and you'll never find it because you were always supposed to be part of it. He is a master builder. He's got a plan and he has a hope for you that you would join him. This is why we multiply. This is why we multiply. We take what God has given to us and we give it to other people. We take what God has poured into us and we pour it out into other people. We see God multiply what he is doing through us and is one of the most important things we can ever do. God says, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, giving them what you, I have given you and I'm with you always. See, Christians, we're always called to disciple, to mentor, to love, to care for, to invest in, to fight for, to pray for. This is who we are. And it leads in Isaiah 55, 12, and 13 to a joy, to something that changes in our world. It says this, you will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. There'll be joy and peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. There is a joy to seeing this growth. It goes on into the very next verse instead of this. Instead of the thorn bush, instead of something that's ugly and painful and destructive, will grow the juniper that has fragrance and is beautiful. And instead of briars, the myrtle will grow. And this will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. Nothing you do in this world will endure except how you partner in what Jesus is doing. You need to hear that again. The legacy you bring, the one that in three generations may never, no one may ever think of your name again, but they will see the work of Jesus Christ, and you can be part of that. That is why we are driven by new life, because as we go, as we multiply, as we see what God can do, things change. Schools change. Workplaces change. Pain changes into joy. Beauty for ashes as we're part of it. We are driven by new life. Our most important code is seeing the transformation of others, but seeing God move. The new life that comes as God's plan comes out into the world and changes things. That is why we exist. That is what makes us so joyful. Next week, I better see all of you back here next week. Why? Because we're having a new life Sunday. and that, It should be every Sunday, but this Sunday we celebrate. We celebrate those who were dead, who come back to life. We're going to do baptisms. There's going to be people who get baptized, who've been planning and writing their testimony. There's probably going to be people who get baptized that day who are like, nope, it's my turn. I got to go. I got to do this. Why? Because it gives glory to God. And that is what you are designed to do, to give glory to God. Not quite yet. It's not your fault. That's my fault. I, I gave her the wrong cue. What you should learn from this is Meredith is perfect in everything she does, and Nathan screwed up. I'm serious. What was I talking about? New life. All right. <laughs> Man, I am so full of joy when I think about what we're going to experience next week. Aren't these codes great? Don't you like them? I love them. I love them. So many people are like, this is my favorite code. I love this code. I'm like, great. I'm glad you love this code. But the code doesn't mean anything if it doesn't produce anything. In fact, it means nothing. It's worse than nothing if it doesn't produce anything. Because it's on the wall, and we say this is what we do, but we don't do anything to do anything about it. Then are we not just posing? Are we not just pretending? 
In fact, it's worse. It's better to have nothing than to not live into it. If it doesn't change the church, if it doesn't transform the way we think, the actions we take, what we measure, it has no teeth. Today, I want every one of you, no matter how you're in, you are coming to this place, the first time or the thousandth time, I want you to engage and participate in the vision by making a commitment to these codes. It is just and good for all who attend this church to grow in their participation in this harmony. Remember, the code is something that helps us sing the song that God has given us of salvation, and ultimately it is the way that we glorify God, not just in this room, not just on Sundays, not just so we can come here and remember to listen to the voice that only matters, but that we take that voice out into the streets and we shout out to others and beg for them, come who are thirsty and drink new life. Experience it. And so in just a moment, I'm going to go through our six code commitments. These commitments are what correspond with each of our codes, and it's how every single one of us can participate in it. Our six code commitments, what they do is they allow us to do incredible things. First, they position us to be transformed by the Holy Spirit. You see, the code commitments isn't about this church. It's not about life, Canton. It is about how we are disciples of Jesus Christ. These codes position us to build the foundation of our faith. Our foundations matter. It helps us be a disciple of Jesus, help us grow, become like Jesus, to follow, to imitate. It helps us do that. Each one of these codes is a way for us to journey towards something, to journey towards Jesus Christ. What do I mean by that? The bounded set says this. Here are the rules. If you are in, if you do the things you're supposed to do, and you are out if you do not. And many times, that's how we interpret our world, almost all the time. But with Jesus, it's not about the rules anymore. It's about him. It's about the cross. It's about running after his grace and his mercy and his love. That's what it's centered on. What these cups do is help us move. Help us take our next step towards Jesus. And it doesn't matter where you start the journey. It doesn't matter where you're at in the journey compared to me. But there's a new beginning for each one of us today, another step that we can take. They also ensure that our code defines our culture. These code commitments are the ways that we uphold it. You want people to feel like you belong? Then you better be part of that commitment. <laughs> If you love people, uh, the whatever it takes, wherever it takes us, then you should be part of that commitment. You should put some actual weight behind the idea that you like. And when you do, move from just liking the ideas that other people need to hold up and you take it for yourself. You help define who we are as a church, all of us, together. You see, belonging is for a becoming. Belonging, you belong, is so that you can become something new as you take your next step, as you feel safe enough to take a step towards Jesus. And finally, it fuels the vision. If you didn't catch that as I ran through it, reclaim your identity in Jesus and bear the torch of Christ's justice and love. That is our vision. That is where we're going. And the code drives us towards that vision. It helps us move towards it. Now, what are we doing as a church? Why are we here? What does this all matter? I think of Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, when God gave to us our role, when Jesus said before he left, this is what 
we are supposed to do. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. A lot of people in Equip right now are going through that. To what? To equip his people for works of service. Does it say to equip his pastors for works of service? No, his people. That's all of us, the pastors included, but it's you too, for the works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up. As you engage these code commitments, you're not just building yourself up, which you are. You are building up the people around you. Man, our life isn't supposed to be about us. We find joy and purpose in building others up. Do you understand that? The world would tell you, get yourself right. Focus on yourself. Look out for number one. And Jesus never looked out for number one. He looked out for all of us. And when we engage in the code, as we invest ourselves, we build up the body of Christ. Continuing on. Until. So this is a big word. Until. Until. We all reach unity in the faith. Let me ask you a question. Do you feel like we have unity in the faith in all of our churches in the world right now? Okay, if you had said yes, I would have been like, you don't watch the news. Uh, <clears throat> but in our church, we will never have unity until we are built up and we invest in each other and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. Notice this. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. The whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Who here only wants a little of Jesus? Who here wants all of Jesus? Yeah. Really? Are you sure? Because if our life is a journey towards Jesus for his purposes and we never move our feet and we stay where we're at, I think we're satisfied with just a little of Jesus. Are we satisfied with our salvation Jesus only, our, our self-help Jesus? Or do we press on towards the goal to reach the prize? The code keeps us moving. It equips, builds us up, ensures our unity, and experience the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. I want more of Jesus. I want more of him. But if I grow stagnant, if I don't move, am I really saying and my actions reflecting what I'm saying, that I love Jesus with my whole heart and soul and mind? Again, it's not about how far you go. It's whether you are going. And each of us need to move forward. Now, if you know me, I love coffee. We have some amazing coffee out there. It's a black-owned business supporting some amazing things in Africa. It's great coffee. Go drink it. I, I love it. We have it. Talk to someone. That's wonderful. I love coffee. And one of the things I said about the coffee is like, I'm going to micromanage this process. I want coffee that tastes good too. And so I, I love coffee and it's been part of my ministry. I feel like I've always had a cup of coffee next to me as I'm working on things. And a church I worked at, they provided some pretty good coffee during the week for the staff, which I thought was pretty amazing. And I would sit down on my desk and the desk was interesting because it would be in like this closet. So you could open it up as a great desk, but then you could shut it and it, the room could be used for other things. So I would have tons and tons of cups of coffee. And, and so there'd be a couple of cups of coffee just sitting on my desk, and I would sometimes not be there for two or three weeks. So one morning, I came back, and I sat down. And it was one of those moments where you're like, I have prepared everything. The music is good. I am ready to go. Here's a hot, steaming cup of coffee. I'm ready to write a sermon. You know, I'm in the zone. I'm ready. I feel close and connected to God, and I'm typing, and I'm just typing, and I'm typing. And then I reach out, and I grab a cup, but it wasn't the cup I was drinking before. And I had a little bit of a sip. And I'll tell you what, coffee is not supposed to taste 
fuzzy. <laughs> like, like, I have made a horrible mistake. Like, <laughs> you know, I, very quickly I learned to throw my coffee away like a, you know, normal human. Revelations 3, 15, 18. I know your deeds, that they are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were hot or cold. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Oof. Jesus has called us to move, to not stagnate. Water that does not flow, coffee that does not flow, (laughs) grows all kinds of things that are not pleasant. You were made to flow to be a conduit of Jesus Christ. As his spirit pours into you, it flows through you. The world would stay, say, no, hold it in. But Jesus says, no, pour yourself out. And in it, you will experience life and joy and goodness. My next step for you is to take your next step. It may look completely different. Today is about partnership. Today is I'm calling everyone in the room to become a partner. But first, I want to call everyone in the room to commit to the codes. So do me a favor. Grab this. This should be on one of your seats around you. You can share if you want. On here are our codes. And it says how you can engage the code. I want every single person to take this home with you. Regardless of whether you become a partner, I want you to take this home with you. And you can put it on the refrigerator. You can put it on the mirror in your bathroom. But this is our code. This is who we are. That's a gift for every single one of you. I encourage you to take it. But I'm going to walk through the commitments. And you'll get to see them on the back. If you'd like to read them, if you're a visual person, they'll be on the screen as well. But these commitments, whether you take on one or two or four, or you become a partner and take on all six, it is for all of us to choose to commit to these things. So the commitments are this. I will sustain the life of the church by, you belong, I will join or lead a life group to create community and belonging. In our life groups, we find this belonging that allows us to feel safe enough to open up. So it might be time for you to sign up today on the Connect card to be in a group, And it may be time for you to say, you know what? I'm going to lead a group. I'm going to create belonging for other people. Two, I will pray, study the Bible, and submit control of my life to Jesus to grow in my faith. This is encounter Jesus. I'm going to do this. Do you know that it's essential for the life of this church, not just your own life, not just your kid's life, not just your family's life, not just for the hurting around your life, but for this church's life, that you grow in your faith? that you spend time in the word of God, that you memorize scripture, that you do these things, not because you're going to be religious, but because you're going to encounter Jesus in the midst of it. The third commitment is this. In the relentless pursuit of one more, I will serve at least once a month at Life Church, at Life Canton, to reach more for Jesus. If you haven't served here, serve Sign up to serve. You can have a meeting and a conversation about where it's best. You can do a first serve, which allows you to try something out. So you're like, we're not going to be like, hey, everybody, we need six people to choose to serve in the, uh, in the, in the uh, kids' room uh, for three years, like, like right now. So commit to three years, and if you don't, Jesus is watching. Like, that's not what we're saying. We want you to serve, but we want to partner with you in that. But if you're serving once a month, maybe you start serving every other week or every week. 
so that we can pursue one more. The relentless pursuit of one more is also more than that. It's inviting people to churches, but this is one of the commitments that we make. Next, whatever it takes, wherever it takes us. Whatever it takes, wherever it takes us. I love that phrase. It's the hardest one to actually follow through on because it takes obedience and it's hard and it's sacrifice. We, as partners, commit to give 10% to Life Canton and grow in generosity beyond to move the mission forward. Now, you've heard uh, uh, us talk about this a little bit in the last couple weeks, so I want to remind you of some of the ways that you can grow into this, that you can take this commitment on without at the partner level. And one of those things that you can do is you can grow by 2% in your giving. I'm going to run through these really quickly if they're up there. Thank you. You can grow by 2% in your giving if you're already giving 10%. You can give a tithe of 10%. These are ways that you can help do this. You can give again or consistently, meaning if you've ever given to here, I've gotten to write letters to about, I think, 15 people who have given for the very first time in the last month. That's incredible. I'm so thankful for you. Give again. Yeah, be consistent. Man, there are people who gave for the very first time, and you don't know what they're going through. You don't know what they have to give. They might not have much, but they gave. Or finally, you can give for the very first time today. There's so many people who are here because of the vision of bearing the torch of Christ's justice and love. We've had a lot of people leave the church because of what we want to be known for on justice and love. And if you are here because of the justice and love, if you are attracted by that, have you come here because you believe that we're for real about that? Invest in it because we need you. We need you. I will sustain the life of the church by giving 10% and growing in generosity beyond. Fine, uh, as we continue, there's two more. Multiply. This is all about discipleship. This is all about helping people grow in their faith. So the commitment we make is I will influence one other person for their spiritual growth to live out the Great Commission and to disciple. It is very clear in the word of God that God has called us to pour ourselves into other people, our children. Absolutely, we should learn to disciple our children, but it can't stay there. It has to pour into other people. The life journey is a set of courses that help you learn how to pour your life into other people to give you the confidence to do that, to give you the resources to do that, to go on that journey. The life journey is not about you growing in your faith for the focus of growing in your faith, but to disciple others, which will cause you to grow in your faith. If you're feeling stagnant, maybe it's because the water's not running through you. Am I speaking to anyone? Come on. Disciple training for disciple making. That's what the life journey is. That's John's phrase. He likes that. I like it too. Are you in the life journey? Finally, I will prioritize the weekly gathering with my church community to worship God, to glorify God together as a community. We are driven by new life. We should be celebrating Jesus every time we possibly can. I was just at a football game recently. There was like 107,000 people in the room, and they were shouting. They were shouting. Have you ever experienced that where your eardrums feel like they're going to burst? It's just the voice of thousands of people going, ah, right, right? We're all trying to get the other team to mess up when they hike the ball, whatever. But like, man, what would that be like if that's how we worship God? And we're so good at worshiping, aren't we? Man, let's get good at worshiping God. And you can't do that if you do it once a week, once a month, I should say. Maybe once every six months. Be here every week to experience God together, to invite other people to celebrate. And next week, you may need to get baptized because it's your time to tell your story and to worship God when everything. 
when we all are increasing in our commitments, as we all take our steps towards Jesus, we participate in the song of salvation that God is singing over this entire community. And I want for you, every one of you, to not listen to the other vendors on the street, but to listen to Jesus Christ. And so together, we commit to these things as a way of providing accountability. Every single one of you is going to step into one of these commitments today. Maybe it's your first one. Maybe it's your second one, three, four, five. But I want to talk to those who are going to be partners. We do something every year. Partners every year commit to these six commitments every year. In fact, today we press the reset button and there are no partners in the church except Jared. He already filled out his stuff. (laughs) Every year, if you've been a partner, it's time to recommit. And it's a chance for those who are not partners to commit. This card here is uh, on the back. It says partnership 2022 to 2023 for this year. It says all of these different commitments. Partners, you decide to do all six of these commitments today, that you will start them today. And I got a couple of weeks to get it sorted out. But like today, as a partner, this is what you're going to do that you're going to engage every year in these things, that you're going to engage every year in a small group and so on and so forth. These, those who have been partners have been waiting. They're like, just be quiet, start the worship so I can turn this in. I'm ready to go, and I'm happy for you. We're going to give you a week to make a decision about this, one week to make a decision about this, but I hope that many of you will decide today to live out all six of the codes. Partners make their voices heard by doing this. We need your voice. We need your voice, parents, in kids' ministry, but we need your voice in this church. These codes were made by you, by people you elected, by people who are part of our leadership. They make their voices heard by voting on the budget every year in January. They make their voices heard by voting on the leadership, and they can serve in the leadership. Those who are partners can serve in the leadership, and partners make their voices heard through the process of connection with our staff through something we call partner care, where they're cared for, they're taken care of, but they're also uh, able to speak about what they see, what God is saying, how we should be moving as a church with our staff. It's a connection piece. And that's the main difference. Partners take on the full burden so they can experience these responsibilities and growth, but they're not the only ones who uphold the code. All of us do. But as we close, I want to challenge you to become a partner this year, to say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be part of that. In a moment, we're going to sing a song. We're going to worship God. We're going to be give him glory. And I'm going to come down here. And when you're ready, I want you to come forward with your commitment to become a partner. Each person has to make a commitment for themselves. Students can become partners as well. Students can give 10%. The main thing I hear from students, like, I don't have a job. I'm like, you can give 10% of everything you receive to God. You can do that. Our students can lead the way in partnership. So even if you're a student, this, and especially because you are a student, I would say, become a partner here. Be part. Let your voice be heard. So I'm going to come down here, and you can come up and bring this up as kind of like a bringing it to the altar. You can shake my hand, give me a hug if you want to. You can stay back if you don't want to touch me. That's fine too. But let's make this commitment together. And then we'll have a chance for all of us to make a commitment to the code. One thing I'll say is come bring this card up. 
And then this little sheet here that's been attached is a QR code for you to fill out the form. That is a great way for us to make sure you're in the system and moving forward. So please commit to those two things as you come forward. Let me have you stand to your feet. I believe that there's going to be seeds planted today that will bear fruit. I believe that there are those who are going to make a decision to become partners, to step into these commitments. It's going to change the course of this church forever, but also of our community. I believe that today there will be decisions that are made through the power of the Holy Spirit that will help us reclaim our identity in Jesus and bear the torch of Christ's justice and love into the world. And I believe that for you. And so I'm going to pray that God would bring his presence to help you make a decision. Let's close our eyes. Let's open up our hands. God, I pray through the power of your Holy Spirit, you would guide each individual who is online or in person. That you would guide them to make a decision. Whether they online or in person will make a commitment today to become a partner. To bear the torch of Christ's justice and love forward. To sacrifice. To move their feet towards Jesus. To not be stagnant, but to move forward. So God, bring your conviction with love to every person in this room. Make a decision. Help them make the decision they need to make to move forward. More than anything, God, we worship you because none of this would be possible without Jesus Christ and all of it is for Jesus Christ. And so we lift our voices in worship to praise you for who you are and what you have done. Welcome back. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that message. Uh, you heard Pastor Nathan talk about partnership and what partnership looks like at our church uh, as we believe people who are called to support the mission of this church and what God is doing at this church uh, also are called to make a series of commitments to help this church uh, move in the mission that God has set before it. So uh, if you're feeling called to partnership, first of all, uh, congratulations. We we love that and we want to celebrate that with you. But uh, also be sure to fill out uh, a partnership uh, card, which you can find on our Now page. Um, should also be able to find on our Church Center app, but uh, fill that out. Um, you have a week to make the decision, uh, and we would love for you to make that decision and love for you to partner with what God is doing. So be sure to do that. Also, if uh, for anyone, whether or not you're going to become a partner, uh, you can also just connect with us uh, if you need prayer or support or anything else. Be sure to fill out a Connect card uh, also on our Now page or our Church Center app uh, and let us know what you need or what you have going on. We would love to connect you regardless of whether or not you're going to be a partner, um, but as someone who uh, belongs in this community to this church. So be sure to fill that out too. Uh, but I hope you have a blessed week. I cannot wait to celebrate and, and see everyone who uh, commits to being a partner uh, next week. And we're just looking forward to what God is up to. Uh, so have a blessed week. And I'll catch up with you real soon.